0: Second thing is, if you're not aware of it, Josh Lajani and I have a book that is free on Amazon Kindle. It's called Sick to Fit. And if you just go to Amazon and search for Sick to Fit, you'll be able to download it for free and read it on any Kindle enabled device, even a phone, smartphone, tablet, computer, whatever. All right, let's get to today's episode. This is the Plant Yourself podcast. I'm Howard Jacobson of PlantYourself.com and Well Start Health. This podcast is part of my mission to help you live a free and fearless life. So this week's episode is a happy accident. I didn't have this conversation intending it to be a podcast interview. I instead interviewed Elizabeth Bell in order to record a testimonial for Well Start Health. But we ended up having this conversation that was so compelling and instructive, inspiring that I decided, with Elizabeth's blessing, to share the whole thing with you. So when Elizabeth first joined the WellStart program, I believe in January of 2019, she was more or less housebound. A uh, mysterious malady had taken away her balance, her energy and much of her eyesight. She was in danger of having to go on full disability, give up her professorship in astrophysics and lose this apartment that she had worked so long and hard to afford. And... Even at home, there wasn't much joy. Her her beloved pastimes of reading and playing cello and piano were also out of reach due to her dizziness, fatigue, and blurred vision. It's pretty easy to see how Elizabeth could have felt like a victim at that point. Because as a highly trained and accomplished scientist, she always looked to data for direction about what to do. But here, there there was none, because one specialist after another proclaimed themselves clueless. And without a diagnosis, there was no treatment plan. And I remember being nervous when Josh and I first met Elizabeth on a WellStart coaching call. You know, we're we're confident that we can help people with things like obesity, high blood pressure, cardiovascular disease, autoimmune conditions, gut problems. Since those are typically caused or made worse by lifestyle, they're typically responsive to lifestyle improvement. But like Elizabeth's symptoms, we had no idea if our approach would help. And uh, we told her so. And after a few months, something clicked. And we could see it in her forum posts, in her text threads with coaches and in her mood and energy on the group calls. And the thing that I saw that clicked was that Elizabeth decided that she was no longer going to wait until she was feeling better to take decisive action toward healing. She was going to take action first. And it started small, 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 as you'll hear in our conversation, with a daily walk to the mailbox. And as one of the most active members of the sick to fit Facebook group, Elizabeth is now inspiring others on a daily basis and is a certified well start coach. She's expanded her toolkit and is now working with clients to help them see what's possible when they take the first step and to continue to take step after step to achieve it. Oh, and this is important. Elizabeth is not healed or cured. She still doesn't know what happened or why or if the condition is ever going away. She knows only that she can still live a full, joyful, active life on her terms, even if this mystery disease never fully disappears, and she relishes and passionately preaches the freedom that that mindset affords. So I couldn't be prouder of Elizabeth or more delighted at her progress or more excited for the growing impact her coaching and advocacy are having on the world. So just a couple of things before we get to the conversation. Uh, first thing is, as I mentioned, Elizabeth went through the Well Start Coach training program, and we talk a little bit about that in the conversation. Uh, but we're starting a new one uh, this November. So in a couple of weeks, and it's a 12 week program with the option to continue for an entire year to really learn how to be an effective coach, to advocate for people's health and to do so in a way that empowers them, rather than you being the one telling them what to do and getting frustrated when they stop doing it or don't do it perfectly or don't do it consistently, to really help them light their own fire and even more importantly than the motivation to help them follow through when going gets tough. And we don't believe in using a lot of different methods and tools. It's it's very popular in coaching programs to kind of throw the kitchen sink at you and to teach you uh, Myers-Briggs and Enneagram and the four tendencies and this model and that tool. And we believe in keeping it really, really simple. Just giving you just basically like teaching you the rules of chess so that you have the principles on which to make good next moves when you're working with clients. If you'd like to know more about the program, uh, and it's for people who are already coaches who want to up their games. It's for health professionals who would like to get better at counseling patients. And it's also for lay people who just want this skill set to be able to help themselves, friends, family members, co-workers, community members. It's kind of like being able to, you know, change the oil in your car. It's just a really useful skill set for life. So if you want to know more, check out wellstartcoach.com. Last thing before we get to the conversation is Josh and I have one spot left for the retreat in North Carolina in November. If you want to know about that, go to sicktofit. 2 fit that's the number two, sick2fit.com forward slash retreat. And if you'd like to find out about the one we're doing in March in New Orleans, then you just go to to sick2fit, that's the number two, sick2fit.com slash NOLA, N-O-L-A, all lowercase. All right, so let's get to this conversation with Elizabeth Bell. So I didn't start it like a typical podcast, so I'm just going to uh, cue it up and let her introduce herself and take it away.
1: My name is Elizabeth Bell. I'm a college professor at a local community college. Um, I teach physics and astronomy, so kind of theoretical astrophysicist by training. But I've dabbled, so I've been a systems engineer, you know, rocket scientist, and grade school teacher as well.
0: You started with WellStart, I think, in February of, of 2019. What, what was going on in your life that led you to, to seek help?
1: I came to WellStart from... A very dark place in my life so last year in June it was about like a week before final exams um, working as a professor I'm just really overdoing it I'm getting ready for interviews I'm getting ready for jury duty I'm getting ready for final exams and you know I had recently earned tenure so you know it's not not that easy to do so a bit of a challenge and kind of just out of the blue Um the world started spinning on me and not in a good way. So basically, I had uh, vestibular type issues. So I got attacked. My balance system was attacked. My vision was attacked. There was incredible fatigue. There was, you know, some nausea. And a few days after that, speaking of my vision system, I also developed something called central serous retinopathy. So if you're not familiar with that, it's kind of what it felt like to me. If you can imagine at night you stare into some headlights and then for a little while after that you kind of see the headlights every time you blink. Mm -hmm. So the central serous retinopathy, very close to my um, central vision, I kind of see a dark spot every time I blink. And it's basically um, a fluid-filled blister underneath the retina. And I was told that that was caused by either heavy steroid use, which I did not do and was not prescribed, or incredible stress. So I think it was stress in my case. So I spent that summer, I I had planned to do a whole bunch of curriculum development, excuse me, curriculum development, you know, stargazing, I'm an astrophysicist, working with some of my students, I was developing a brand new textbook um, curriculum relationship with another company, and I just gave all of that up. And I decided over the summer, because you know they don't pay teachers over the summer, so if you want to make money, you work, um, extra. I decided, okay, I'll just take this summer off, kind of tired, I'll I'll take this time to relax. And what ended up happening is it turned into three months of medical mill. So the urgent... Concerns they send me in to see, you know, if I maybe have, have had a, a mini stroke And I didn't have a mini stroke and then they sent me in to see maybe there's something wrong with my heart and just None of the doctors that I saw and I had quite a collection. I think I had 15 specialists By the end of that summer Countless MRIs. I think they took all of my blood eventually um, You know vestibular balance tests, nonstop on the road at home in bed, on the road to see a doctor at home in bed. Nobody could figure it out. I wasn't working. I had ample opportunity to rest, and I was just, you know, I was sucked into the medical mill, and I wasn't getting better.
0: And so, like, a, yeah. a typical a typical day for you during these three months Uh it was like, so you had the, the eye issues, it was like staring into headlights, and you had balance issues. Uh, what, what else? Like, you can t- sort of take, take me through a day.
1: So a basic day would lightly, likely include a specialist doctor's appointment. I would set two alarms because I would inevitably sleep through the first one. Um, the second one was clear across the room and sounded like an air raid siren. So I'd get up for that one just to turn it off. And I'd have to drag myself out of bed. And I'd wake up a few hours early for the appointment too. Because it took all of my energy to to get ready in the morning, take the shower, brush the hair. I'd set the alarms again, go back to bed to nap and recover from that. Then I would get back up, get into the car, make the 45 minute to an hour and a half drive. I'm in Southern California. So, you know, that's a typical drive to the doctor's office, sit in the waiting room, fall asleep in the waiting room, go see a doctor, a scary doctor. You know, there was a lot of trauma going on, not knowing what was going on. Seeing the doctor, having the doctor order a test, um, coming back home or going to a test ordered by another doctor, sitting in the MRI machines completely strapped down or getting another blood test or getting some kind of hearing or balance test, trying to eat something on the road. Um, I'm whole food plant-based, and I tried my best to keep up with the diet that I wanted to to um, go with, but I had no energy to cook, so the whole food kind of dropped off for a little while. So, you know, I would get fast food vegan or. Just grab anything I could grab that I thought was healthy enough. I would eat. I would come home and go back to bed. And that was my typical day.
2: Mm.
0: And so after three months, like, what did you make of this? What did you think this meant or was leading to?
1: I had no idea. This this was the scariest thing that had ever happened to me. And not that it, um necessarily important in this context, but, you know, for pet people. I had also lost my cat during this time. You know, just a baby cat. Mm. So, and I'm feeling guilty because I can't go home and visit my parents. And aging parents, you know, it's very difficult for them to drive and come to visit you. So I basically felt trapped in my own body. I tried to think, all right, well, what can I do? Eat well. And I didn't even have the movement mindset at that point eat well and do something that relaxes you. And here's the thing, I couldn't do anything I would normally do to relax. I'm an avid reader and my eyes wouldn't let me read. They wouldn't let me focus on any words. I play piano and the piano would make me dizzy. Um, I did enjoy going for short walks, but this is how I would describe it. When I was sitting down, I felt pretty stable. As soon as I got up to walk, imagine being walking on a waterbed or on a very small rocking boat. That's what it felt like every time I took a step. And I get pretty motion sick in general.
0: So you were getting nauseous as well?
1: I was getting nauseous. The worst was, you know, I'm trying to maintain this lifestyle because I had switched to Whole Food Plant Base about three years ago. So I'm just i used to going to the grocery store every two to three days, fresh fruits and vegetables, and that was torture. I would go to the grocery store. I would get out of the car. The whole world was moving. I didn't know if the concrete was coming up toward me or if I was going toward the concrete. I would get in the store, and the lights were intense, and just walking down the aisles, whether I had to get one item or ten items, I would grab a shopping cart and use it kind of like a walker. And while I was walking down the aisles, there's just too much input coming at me from all directions. And when I would turn one direction or the other to look at the food and try to read it while I'm walking, both the cart and I would start leaning into the food. So going to the grocery store had become a chore. It was no longer pleasurable. Trying to do anything to relax was no longer pleasurable And all that I physically could or what I thought I could physically do all day was just sleep. So I prepared. I talked to my chairperson about three weeks before school was going to start. And I said, I think I need to take a disability leave. And after that three months, I said, I think I need to take a disability leave. I got in with a new MD. My other MD pretty much says, you know, I don't know what's going on. I'd like to help you. I don't know what to do. And it was one of those, you know, large medical systems where I get five minutes with her every three or four weeks. Mm -hmm. So I went to a new one, more of a concierge service, where they spend a lot more time with you and almost instant access. And she said two things. So the good thing she said was, you need to relax. Go get a massage. But the thing that really devastated me, and I know she said this out of a place of caring, was, You know, we might not ever figure out why you're dizzy, but it's okay. We can manage this. So I suggest starting to go to work in a cane so you don't fall over. And it may get to the point where you're in a wheelchair, but don't worry. I have a lot of patients who live very meaningful lives with accommodation. And when she said that, it was just, I kind of just gave up right there. Mm. And you know, I got mad. I got really mad. And I I made a choice in my head at that moment, I said, well, I can just give up now. They don't know what's going on. But also in the back of my head, I knew through my dietary changes that I had fixed a whole bunch of stuff on my own that I was told also couldn't be fixed. Or I can go get the massage she wants me to go get. I hadn't had a massage in a long time. So I went to this excellent body place, kind of a holistic type of place, healing place. And during the massage, I was talking to my massage therapist. And I explained what was going on. They saw me walking in. I'm hanging on to the walls. I'm walking really slowly, shuffling so that both of my feet are in contact with the floor at all times. And she goes, you know, we have this really good physical therapist here. So I agreed to meet with the physical therapist And after two sessions, he had me walking without having to hang on to the walls. Now, I still felt dizzy. I still felt nauseous. I still didn't know if I was leaning into the wall or if the wall was leaning into me. But I wasn't hitting anything. So maybe in retrospect, this wasn't the best idea, but we decided together, why don't we just go back to work and see if this will be okay? Okay. Because I was improving after two weeks physically. So I went back to work and shifted more toward the holistic functional type of modalities versus, you know, the doctor said, I don't know. So I didn't want to go to five doctors five times a week. So massage therapy, something I'd never tried before, energy treatments, still kind of iffy about those, but they felt good and I felt relaxed. Mm-hmm. And after quite a bit of physical therapy, I was walking without a cane. I looked like a normal person, still kind of felt like crap, but I was doing it. And we'd gotten to the point where he said, you know, we're probably peaking here. There's probably not much more that physical therapy can help you with. And I was seeing the massage therapists and energy therapists, and they were even saying, you know, We're kind of just putting fires out here. And they had said things that I eventually learned in Well Start. Excuse me. Kind of about taking control over this. Stopping with the outsourcing of my health. Giving it to somebody else to fix. And still mentally I wasn't there. I had been hit all summer. Every day was a miserable day. And I was listening to your po- – well, I listen to your podcast all the time. And I heard about the Well Start program. But like with any podcast, as soon as I hear an advertisement, I kind of just fast forward through it. <laughs> and <laughs> this time, I just kind of hung on it because something you said or maybe I was ready this time about healing chronic diseases or healing yourself. And I wanted more information. So I contacted you after – the semester. Again, it was kind of a miserable semester. You know, I'm walking on campus. I'll take 20 or 30 steps and I'll have to sit down. When I get to my office, I have to nap before going to class. When I get to class and I have to turn around and write on the board, I can't even see the letters. I just kind of know what I'm writing because they're jumping all over the place on me. And I get home, I grade, I go to bed, I get up, I grade some more and I go back to work. So I said, you know, there's got to be something more. My outsourcing, everybody who is trying their best to try to help me said, we don't know. Most of the tests came back normal. Some of them were inconclusive. And this could be a very, very long process. And I had to decide, well, do I want to go on disability? Do I need to go on disability? Or can I try to make this work? Because I didn't want to. I didn't want to say, all right, this is it. And this is my new life. Yeah.
0: What, what would, what, what in your mind, what would have, what would going in disability have meant for like your life trajectory? I
1: I have a very supportive family, so I would not have been homeless or anything, but it would have meant giving up a lot, giving up my tenured position at a job that I worked very hard to get, which I do actually enjoy. Um, Silly things like giving up my remaining cat, so pet people will understand that. Giving up the apartment I had worked so hard for. And the biggest thing, giving up my independence. Because going on disability, and I had learned over the summer, was not going to make me feel better. It was not going to heal me. It's not like I had broken a bone and needed to elevate it for six weeks and then I'll feel better. And all it would mean was that I was still feeling this way, even though I looked a little more normal, but that I didn't have anything else. Hmm. So, I mean, it was kind of a last-ditch effort. And I kind of knew in the back of my head, well, if I have gone through all this, I've done my due diligence, I made sure there was nothing serious going on. And I improve to a certain point, then it's got to be me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've got to be the one to take it to the next step. Yeah.
0: So when you were thinking about well start, like seriously getting ready to like push the buy button, can you remember <laughs> can you remember like the debate in your head, like what the different sides were saying? As you know, if, there, if you're as you were sort of hovering over the buy button, like this is this is something I might want to do, but there's some reasons why why not.
1: I think the biggest debate was I didn't want to be disappointed again, and also I didn't I didn't really understand what the WellStart program was all about. But what I saw were the three tenets: menu, movement, and mindset. And I had a, an understanding of the menu I wanted. Movement had taken a back seat. At that point, after that MD appointment, after all those doctor visits, I just, you know, the story I told in my head, movement's just not going to be there. Maybe I could sit down on a recumbent and, you know, pedal a couple times a day or something. Mm. But the mindset, when I saw mindset, I said, I could really use a mindset tune-up. Because I, I knew the mindset issue was huge for me. And I had self-identified, and even with the doctor's recommendation, I said, you know, I've got some pretty acute depression going on over this. So I reached out to a therapist that I I happened to know. And that did help a lot with the mindset issue. But I myself, until going through the WellStart program, did not make a deliberate movement toward health on my part. So
0: what was your initial experience of being part of WellStart?
1: My initial experience of WellStart was, oh man, they're not going to be able to help me. Because actually of something you said, I had brought in so much baggage to the program. And you had introduced the program and explained, well, you know, we usually deal with people who want to lose a few pounds or, you know, get their diets back on track. And I had brought you you know, a complete life-altering situation here. And so I don't know, it was a little iffy, and I'm thinking, no, I came into the wrong program. I'm bringing problems way too big for this program. But as we got to talking, what I realized later on and what you had uh, identified at the beginning was that I was basically in a fold. So... I had created the story around everything that had happened the last seven months that I really can't do this. I really can't get back to any state of normalcy. But let me just do some of this mindset meditation type stuff. And you just gave me a very simple task after brainstorming. And I found out later on that I was actually giving myself the tasks. You know, you're telling yourself, you can't do this. You're a scientist are you willing to run an experiment? So that hooked me.
0: And what was the experiment?
1: Of the experiment, um, I'm now on a five-week intercession break. And again, I don't sign up for any extra income. Meant The amount of money I spent on doctors, too. And all I could do on this break, I signed up for WellStart in December. Because I didn't have anywhere to go. I didn't have to go anywhere except for a couple doctor visits here and there all I did all day long was sleep. And I would be in my pajamas all day. And then because I was sleeping all day, when I woke up, I was even more sleepy. You know, it wasn't restorative. And I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't doing any of my hobbies. I wasn't going outside and walking, even though I could walk now. And I was, like I said, I kind of felt like a prisoner in my own body. My mind was there but my body wouldn't respond. And the very first task you said, or we did, we um, worked on together, wake up every day, get dressed, I had to throw on the makeup, because I do not <laughs> want to go outside without the makeup, and walk to your mailbox and back. And that's it. That's, I don't know what you called it, but that's the non-negotiable, everyday thing I do. And for me, It was intense because I would wake up, drag myself out of bed, get dressed, throw the makeup on, really want to go back to bed. But the mailbox, I mean, this seems so small now, but it was so huge. The mailbox is 50 steps away. And I thought, I'm too tired to go that 50 steps. But I'd go out there, do the 50 steps, come back in, and usually go back to bed. After a couple times, I think it were two weeks in now or so, I notice when I go outside to that mailbox, I notice the fresh air. So I'm inside, recycled air. I notice the sunshine on my skin. I kind of just get this warmth running through me. I start to notice people. start to say hi to the people and the little doggies. I love saying hi to the dogs. I don't have a dog. And I'm thinking, all right, the mailbox is right there, but I could just walk down the block, too. So I started walking down the block. It was kind of boring just going to the mailbox and back, you know, all that work to get outside. Started going down the block and meeting my neighbors. Oh, hey, you know, there's a world out here outside of my bedroom and outside of the doctor's office. And that's when everything started to change. I started to get back into walking down the block and then around the block. And I'm thinking, oh, I could listen to my podcasts while I do this. Or I think we have a running joke. I think it took me five or six attempts to get through sick to fit. And that was no reflection on the book <laughs> or the content. I was tired. So, you know, first time I tried reading it, I fell asleep. Second time I tried Siri reading it, I fell asleep. I ordered the Audible. You guys are on the Audible, you and Josh. I fell asleep. But I know you asked me, what did you say? Please don't write a review. Or, or something to that effect. <laughs> and, you know, I'm a scientist. So I'm thinking, why am I falling asleep? This is interesting stuff. It's really helping me. I'm falling asleep because I'm sitting down doing this. I'm not moving. Mm. And a thought ca- came into my head, you know, a little further into the program. Maybe I did do the physical healing I needed to do through physical therapy, through massage therapy, through giving whatever happened time to go away. Maybe I did all of that, and maybe I'm tired because I haven't moved in six months because I've just spent time in bed. Mm. You know, I had a lot of muscle atrophy by the time I went to the physical therapist. I didn't engage with people. Maybe this feels better now because I'm going back out. So that realization was huge. They still didn't feel great, you know. But just getting out and moving, coupling with the mindset, the stories I was telling myself, other people were telling me, and you just said, well, is it true? You asked me to run an experiment. The simplest experiment in the world. Get dressed and go to the mailbox. Is it true? And it wasn't.
0: What, what was it? But I
1: was the story that I can't do this anymore. Uh-huh. And I... I'm an astrophysicist. I couldn't get past that story. I just assumed if I did this experiment, analyzing this to death, based on previous results, that this was not going to happen. And neither you nor Wellstart made any promises that this was going to make me feel better. So the big thing, the big change was, are you willing to do this, go out, walk, Engage with the rest of the world in spite of feeling bad. That was something I had not tried to do. I was Mm. wanting to feel better first and then I'd go outside and be a a person again. You know, that was my demand (sighs) on the universe. Make me feel better and then I'll go be normal. And turning it around, well, why don't you try to be normal first and maybe you'll feel better.
0: Mm. And so that was sort of the mindset shift, that, you think that was... was a
1: huge mindset shift. The experiment um, and the shift in mindset, the power of and, as, I, as I'm learning more about this. Are you willing to go do this thing that is difficult and acknowledge that you're tired or in pain and be okay with that? You know, instead of saying, you know, I want to be out of pain before I do this.
0: Um, so what what aspects of the Well Start program did you find most helpful or impactful as on your journey?
1: The community aspect was huge. So being even though not a lot of my group had the same issues I had, the same steps to moving toward a goal with accountability, somebody checking in on you all the time, um, a group who were supporting you and not pity party but actual support you know you can do this oh you messed up or you couldn't do as much as I did let's drop the comparisons that's something that Josh told me frequently you know once I started to feel a little better I thought oh I'll start running 5ks everybody in this group is doing a 5k or a half marathon you know I was still walking is taking longer steps and letting one foot be off the ground for a longer period of time than another (laughs) foot. That was my huge thing. Once I dropped the demands, that's a big mindset shift. Then I could focus on where I was, my current capabilities, what I was capable of. And then instead of competing with everybody else, I was competing with myself. I was seeing how I would grow. Mm -hmm. The one-on-one coaching, which I had an opportunity to do as well, helped immensely. Uh, I found my voice through one-on-one coaching. Um, I've told you in the past, I'm kind of a little timid. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm a teacher, but you know, it's kind of, I have a script. Mm -hmm. I've been in plays, I could talk to people like that. But as soon as the teaching hat is off, don't talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very kind of shy and I kind of want to be, you know, part of the surroundings than in the center. The weekly traction calls were very helpful. Because not only was I receiving support, but I felt like when I supported others, it helped to heal me as well.
0: Mm. Can you think of a, an example, you know, without without saying anybody's name, a, a moment when you felt you you helping someone else rebounded well on yourself?
1: Well, something similar to what Josh posts. So we get into this mindset, and we're complaining. I'm not here yet, or in my case, I'm feeling really wobbly or really shaky, and I'm making this huge thing out of it, even though I've physically shown myself I can do this. And I could hear somebody else making this gigantic mountain out of something. I think it was a food issue where they felt like they fell off of a wagon. Mm. And it just took me out of my head. Because I wanted to be right there, put my arm around that person, and said, "This is normal. We all feel that way when we take a back step." And by the way, when I was starting this dietary lifestyle, I messed up a lot. So you know, just the ability to help somebody else out. It, it takes you away from your mountain, it makes them feel better, and then it makes you feel better.
0: One of the things you told me you were concerned about about having this conversation was that you don't feel like you've arrived you're still in the in the middle of it. You kind of describe like where you are now in terms of in terms of you know all all the symptoms and conditions we've been talking about
1: right, so what's going on is still somewhat up in the air, although there are some more clues here and there um I noticed about a month and a half into Well Start, just out of the blue, again, not demanding that this program's gonna fix me or anything, not outsourcing it, realizing I had to take responsibility. Just out of the blue, going outside and walking every day, I noticed two days at a time, or five days at a time, or as recently as last month, I'm going weeks at a time realizing, oh hey, I'm not dizzy. I went through this whole day, and I'm not dizzy. And not only that, I have energy to cook my meals now, most of the time. But that little thing in the back of my head, something I had done outreach when I started the plant-based movement, so I did some social media stuff, I felt like, you know, imposter syndrome. I felt like an imposter. I was doing all nice and well on plant-based, and I got sick. I can't represent this now. So my big concern here was I'm not on the other side of this yet. And quite honestly, I don't even know what the other side is because I reinvented myself so much. I'm introducing myself to myself right now. But as I thought about it, I thought the strength of not being completely clear of this, not knowing exactly what caused it and having some sort of plan to either fix it or make sure it didn't come back. I wanted to let Listeners know. Look, here's the big thing. I'm going through this. I'm still seeing doctors on occasion. I'm still working very hard to stay awake. I'm I'm having more good days than bad days. I want you to see this or hear this in this case, in the middle of this experiment, in the middle of this journey, because I finally started instead of living in that story waiting for something to be resolved i decided i am going to live my life as best i can in harmony with whatever is going on right now without demanding that it be fixed before i start it's giving me a sense of a, a more of a sense of peace a mm-hmm. sense of acceptance mm-hmm. and my life is very rich and very full even though there are still questions.
0: Yeah. So compared to when you were just starting out and 50 steps to the mailbox was a challenge, what does your movement protocol look like these days?
1: I push it a little. And I have one coach who is a little bit on my case to make sure I rest. So rest and recover is a lesson I'm learning. Um, So from 50 steps to the mailbox and back, I started walking I think it was February or March, consistent. And I like to call them, because I'm a geek, pie Ks. So you know the the 5K is about 3.12 miles. I would wait until my chronometer said 3.14, snap a picture. That's my pie K. So I started collecting pie Ks on my walks. Uh-huh. I listened to loads of audiobooks because, you know, my eyes are still coming back. And instead of saying, I can't read anymore, then I'll listen. While I'm listening, I'll walk. In addition to that, the last few months, I signed up with a trainer I had known in the past. And he's helping me with advanced balance techniques and reversal as much as we can of the muscle atrophy. I even started boxing a little bit, something I had never tried before. (laughs) An opportunity at work came up for yoga I had never taken yoga and it's called stick yoga so apparently basic yoga moves with um, I know the viewers can't see the sticks behind me so four five and six (laughs) foot like bamboo type sticks which you can use for balance some of those yoga moves are hard I didn't realize how hard that was in addition to that you can use them to help with extended stretches and that was all fun You know, the best thing I got out of the class was I was around people. And, you know, funny story about the class. First day I walk into the class and I'm in this transition now. I'm moving away from being my story, being the one who nearly went on disability or being disabled, to being whoever I'm becoming, which is kind of cool, being someone who had the story versus being immersed in it. So the very first time I walked into the yoga class, I didn't tell the teacher. I didn't tell anyone else. I mean, it wasn't important that I had been going through all of this. And the very first class, I'm hearing people fall. I'm hearing sticks fall. And I'm balancing. I'm doing better than most of the class. And hey, you know, I can pass for a normal person now. And I noted, I know normal is kind of loaded, but... It just felt kind of amazing. And I think about a month ago, um, I started jogging. You know, it was just little jogs. I don't know how many times I've listened to the Sick to Fit audiobook now. I guarantee <laughs> you, I got all the way through it this time. So now I can leave a review. <laughs> so I started jogging and started you know, four sidewalk squares at a time and then walked. And then four more sidewalk squares at a time. And I'm up to where I could jog for about 45 seconds to a minute. And then walk a little bit more and jog for, you know, just a little bit longer. And it's just crazy how much better I feel, even though, medically speaking, there are still issues going on. Mm. And again, with the overdoing it. It's getting a little warm in Southern California now. So... Through experimentation, if I stay out in the heat too much, the symptoms come back. But I get over them so quickly. I mean, three days to a week. Although the first time it happened, you know, we talk about the pig or the survival drive. The first time it happened, I mean, my gut reaction was, oh, no, this is coming back.
0: Mm, I remember that.
1: But using the tools of WellStart, I was able to kind of step out of that and say, huh, I'm dizzy today. Wonder why. Oh, yeah. I ran outside. It was 90-something or 80-something degrees. It felt like 90-something with the humidity. Of course you feel a little weird. You haven't done this before. Mm. Even before I got sick, I had never done that before. You know, so drop the demands that I instantly am able to go outside in the heat, like every, I think everyone else, like a lot of people. And be able to tolerate it. I got to take my steps from where I am. And that's a lesson the universe constantly gives me to learn. <laughs> this is where I am now. But what I've learned is this is not necessarily where I'll be always.
2: Mm.
0: So if, if the old you from that, that three-month period could see the new you, what, what would the old you think?
1: Uh, the old me would say, no way. That's a dream. It can't be done. or maybe yeah in 10 years you know feeling as bad as you as I felt for so long all day long it wasn't like I could take a pill and then it would go away for a little while like if you have a headache just the constant bombardment of feeling uncomfortable feeling unwell not knowing what was going on and as an astrophysicist it drove me crazy because I thought, I, you know, I can fix this. I'm smart. It changes your mindset. It makes it difficult to think logically about this. And it was very difficult for me to break out of that. I didn't notice when it happened. You guys noticed when it happened. Other people noticed when it happened. They were asking me things like, did you get taller? Is your hair longer? And actually, it is a little bit. There's a cool hair story that goes with that one. And some people, a little more in tune, said, your soul is lighter.
2: Hmm.
1: It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, it it goes so slowly for me. I'm, I'm in it. It's like not seeing a friend for a month or so. Oh, you look different. It's like, oh, okay.
0: What's the hair story?
1: So I love my pixie cut. I got one on purpose a while ago. But, you know, my hair is kind of modular. I change my mind on my hair as often as I change my purse. So I am never getting a tattoo. That's not gonna work out. So in the last few years, I've been trying to grow it out unsuccessfully. I'd get to the point where it's hard to style, so I'd cut it off. And this last summer, I was determined. So before I got sick, it was starting to grow out a little bit. Then this hit me, and I made a decision Maybe a few weeks into this, I'm going to cut this so short I don't have to do anything to it when I wake up because this is taking my time and my energy. And I'm just going to have short hair. Not that I don't like short hair, but I really wanted it it long and flowing. I wanted to play with it a little bit, put it up in a ponytail. And I just decided that's it. I'm going to have short hair the rest of my life because I don't have the energy to do it. And I tried to grow it out again in January when – Okay, I'm going to start this well start program, cut it off again. So when I started noticing, I'm not getting dizzy for two days. I don't feel dizzy for a week. Oh my goodness, the last three weeks I didn't even notice I wasn't dizzy. I said, that's it, I'm growing it back out. And my hair growth is just a reminder to me, look at how much progress I've made, because I can measure it by the inch now. And it's still growing. That's and awesome. I, I even put it in a mini ponytail the other day on a jog.
2: <laughs> nice.
0: Uh, so before we close, is there anything? So so want to use this to help educate people both you know sp- about what they can do, about what's, what's in their hands, what's possible, what are some steps forward, but also, of course, letting people know about Wellstart in particular. So if you, you know, imagine people watching this who might be considering WellStart, do you have anything you'd like to say to them?
1: Well, for WellStart specifically, what I'd like to say to people is, WellStart is not some prescribed diet, or exercise, or meditation program. Uh, I think we talked about this on one of your live webinars too. We all come in with different issues, but it's the same methodology. And that same methodology helped Uh, somebody in my cohort lose some weight helped somebody else get off their diabetes medication and helped me with all that I brought into this the same methodology was able to help us all and it will be work on your part so well start doesn't tell you you know here's your menu plan for the day or here's how much exercise you should get the well start community I felt was essential accountability, checking up weekly, sometimes checking up daily with your coaches. Because if I'm not reminded of this, I can easily go back and say, well, no one's watching. And it got me to the point where no one had to watch for me to want to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, habit formation. And that's the biggest thing. But what I'd like to leave the audience with um, kind of my epiphany And I posted it the other day, too. So I'll just read it. So it's, this is what you can do right now. So it's all the little things, all those sliding door moments, your obsessive awareness and acknowledgement of all your little wins, your connection to community, and the realization and acknowledgement of how much better you feel. That's what's going to make a big difference, whatever journey you're on.
0: Well, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time for sharing this. And it feels very, you know, uplifting and vulnerable at the same time. And you're not on script. Yes. So I, I really I really appreciate um, the impulse that, that led you to override whatever impulse wants you to not share.
1: Thank you for the invitation and the opportunity. As, as I've told you before, it's not that it it creates meaning for what happened, but it's something I could do that's positive in spite of what happened. And hopefully somebody will resonate with some of this and just realize, you know, there may be another way out of this.
0: And you're, you're also, um, in the well Start coach training program.
1: I am. It was mm-hmm. so powerful. I asked if I could learn a little bit more and You know, be a little more active in helping people through this process. That had been so instrumental to my healing and my continued healing.
2: Cool.
0: Anything else before we turn off the recorder?
1: I just thank you for this opportunity. And I'm very happy to be here today.
0: Uh, Well, I'm I'm so happy that you are. Uh, Thank you very much.
1: Would have probably been, you know, the face is sunken. I'm sunken over. All right. I'm living in this story. And I have some good days sometimes, but I'm living in this story. And then when you asked me to do the podcast, I'm like, but I don't believe that happened. It's not, this doesn't make sense. It's not computing. Because I'm just, I'm stepping outside of that. I'm Elizabeth now. And I have this story to tell that I can't believe actually happened. I can't believe I went through that and came over to here. So it just, it feels a little awkward, a little dissociative. But it's great because I'm not in there anymore. I'm not in the mud anymore. Very happy for that. And I want, this This is why I finally agreed after, actually I coached with Sarah and with Kelly. And they helped me. They said, let the pig talk. So I just, you know, uh, uncensored. <laughs> I said, no, I. Ha- this is valuable because I wish during those three months I had heard something like this when I thought, Oh man, I'm never going to get better. This is not going to work out. I'm going to lose everything. It was good, it was very therapeutic.
0: All right, I hope you got a lot of value out of this accidental episode of the Plant Yourself podcast. If you did and you'd like to support the mission of the show, here are some ways to do it. Easiest is to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Another way to do it is to become a patron of the show and you can do that at plantyourself.com. Just look for the support on Patreon button on the right sidebar or just go to patreon.com and search for plant Yourself. As you may have noticed, this is a an advertising free podcast. I don't uh, sell cookware or underwear or beds or or flowers or websites or truck nuts. Um, This is entirely the community supporting this podcast, putting it together, uh, paying for hosting, paying for equipment, paying for me sometimes to travel to speak to people. I had a great conversation in Asheville um, this past week with Danny and Catherine Dreyer, the uh, originators of Chi Running. And uh, I got my mind blown several times there, and I'll be sharing that with you in the next couple of weeks. And that is all to say that right now, it's mostly me. I'm um, providing about three quarters of the funding for the podcast, and I have a wonderful, generous community of patrons who uh, help out. And I would love to... Be able to say that I'm only providing about half of the resources that puts this podcast on. And the only way I can do that is by spending a lot less time doing it or by getting more listeners to to join us. So if you're interested in that, again, Patreon.com. Just search for Plant Yourself and you can commit to a, even a $1 a month ongoing monthly contribution really helps. What else is going on? Um, so if you want to check out the show notes for today's episode with links to Elizabeth's uh, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook profile and even a, a secret email where you can contact her if you'd like her to become your coach, you can find that at plantyourself.com slash three, four, five. Um in garden news, some little bugger's been eating our greens. We haven't figured out what it is. We've tried some diatomaceous earth, but it seems like it's something bigger, like maybe a rabbit or a groundhog. So we're going to have to uh, increase surveillance and uh, figure out some some way to deter those critters. In running news, as I mentioned, I, I interviewed Danny and Catherine Dreyer of Chi Running, and I've been I downloaded their app. Their excellent uh, app on the. Uh, iOS uh, App Store, and was listening to it today while I was running, and I gotta say, I'm uh, s- smoother and with less soreness than usual. So uh, we'll see how how that progresses. Uh, what else? There in two weeks is the uh, ultimate. World championships in Sarasota, Florida, for for old people. And so I plan on being at that. So if you're uh, November 2nd and 3rd, I think that whatever that weekend is down in Sarasota, if you're in the area, come by and... uh (laughs) Say hi, make fun of me, cheer me on, whatever whatever floats your boat Alright, let's talk about thanks Thanks to Will Ridenour for allowing me to use Sabali Don The Dance of Peace is the theme music for this show Check out com for more of his beautiful West African choral music And of course, thanks to all of you Plant Yourself podcast patrons Those folks who have generously been behind this show, supporting it Helping us reach more people New name today, so listen to the very end Kim Harrison, Lynn McClellan, Anthony Disson, Brittany Porter, Dominic Marrow, Barbara Whitney, Tammy Black, Amy Good, Amanda Hatherley, Mary Jane Wheeler, Ellen Kennelly, Melissa Cobb, Rachel Barons, Christine Nielsen, Tina Sharf, Tina Ahern, Jen Volganovsky, David Bizek, The Mysterious, Michelle X, Elspeth Feldman, Victoria Dolomanova, Leia Stoller, Alan Christensen, Colleen Peck, Michelle Andrew, Josina, Julianne Rowland, Stu Dolnik, Sarah Dirkus, Rhymes Circus, Kelly Cameron, Wayne Pedersen, Leanne Peterson, Janet Selby, Claire Adams, Tom Franzick, Bell, and Gaila Sert. David Donahue, Blair Seibert, Doron of Gio and Carolyn Argentati, Jody Friesner, Ruth Ann Funderburg, Misha Rosen, Michael Warbeck, The Equally Mysterious, Tracy Z, Alicia Lemis, Rebecca Hughes, Val Lindemann, Rhymes with Cinnamon, Nick Harper, Stephanie Holmes, Martha Bergner, Nicole Ramsey, Susan Ahmad, Molly Levine, The inscrutable Harry R, Susan Laverty, The Panda Vegan, Craig Kovic, Adam Sharp, Karen Burry, Burry, Heather Morgan, Ashley Corker, and Kelly Machia, D. N. Norton, Bonnie Lynch, and Plant Happy Oregon, Sabina Kurtzels, Nigel Davies, Marion Brum, Teresa Coppola, Shell Rudliss, Julian Watkins... Brito O'Connell, Brian Sheridan, Shannon Hirschman, Kate Rolls, Linda Ayat, Julie Langholm, Holm Hedegaard, Isa Tuzanwak, Connie Hainline, Aaron Greer, Alicia Davis, Aviva Lael, Heather O'Connor, Carolyn Jensen, Cheryl Olakowski, of Plant Power for Health, Karen Smith, Scott Mirani, Karen and Joe Crabtree, Tanya Lewis, Kirby Burton, Teresa Carell, Kevin McCauley, Elizabeth Rothschild, Kelly Baker, Miracle, and Jesse Cheryl Dwyer, Jenny Heslin, Valerie Peltier, Peter W. evans Colleen Harrison, Justin Divitt, Joshua Sommermeyer, Dennis Bird, Darby Kelly, Laurie Fanny. Linnea Lundquist, Valerie Hummel, Depp, Cassia, Emily Canelli, Levi Wallach, Rosamund McAtee, Dan Picorni, Stephen and Patty DiMartino, Mike and Donna Karts, Deanne Bishop, Bilbrey Elf, Gunter Schmidt, Marjorie Lewis, Kelly Molden, Trisha Adams, Ian Kramer, Nancy Sheldon, Lindsay Basher, Gunmarie Hagen, Tracy Gullich, Laura Heaton, Meg for Mama Says, Rochelle Kennedy, Joan Borstein, Diana Goldman, Stacey Stokes, Ben Savage, Michael Kay, Holly Butler, David Hughes, Connie Rogers, and Claire England for your generous support of the podcast. That's it for this week. As always, be well, my friends. So if you appreciate the Plant Yourself podcast and would like to help support the mission of the show, there's a few easy ways to do it. One is to just go to wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review. Let other people know about it. Give us some stars. Give us some love. And that really helps us be found by more people. Something else, of course, you can do is let someone know about this podcast. Someone... Uh, who you think would benefit. Send them maybe a couple of episodes that you think would uh, pique their interest or just uh, ask them to subscribe in general. And third, you can join ARMS and become a patron, a financial supporter of this show. You may have noticed that there's no advertising in the show and it's free for everyone and it's supported, paid for by those who can afford it. So if you would like to make a one-time contribution or an ongoing monthly pledge, you can do so at plantyourself.com slash gift. All right, time for thanks. Thanks to Will Ridenauer for allowing me to use his beautiful song, Sabali Dawn, The Dance of Peace. You can find more of Will's music at his website, willrydenour.com. And of course, thanks to all of you Plant Yourself podcast patrons. Kim Harrison, Lynn McClellan, Anthony Disson, Brittany Porter, Dominic Maurer, Barbara Whitney, Tammy Black, Amy Good, Amanda Heatherly, Mary Jean Wheeler, Ellen Kennelly, Melissa Cobb, Rachel Behrens, Christine Nielsen, Tina Sharp, Tina Ahern, Jen Filikonofsky, David Vizek, The Mysterious, Michelle X, Elizabeth Feldman, Leah Stoller, Alan Christensen, Colleen Peck, Michelle Andrews, Josina, Sarah Durkis, Rhymes with Circus, Kelly Cameron, Wayne Pedersen, Janet Selby, Air Adams, Swam Franzek, Jeanette Benham, Gail Assert, David Donahue, Blair Viso, Gio and Carol Argetati, Jodi Friesner with Ann Funderburg, Misha Rosen, Michael Warbeck, the equally mysterious, Tracy Z, Aviva L, Alicia Lemus, Rebecca Hughes, Val Lenneman, Rhymes with Cinnamon, Nick Harpers and Martha Bergner, Susan Amon, Molly Levine, The Inscrutable, Harry R., Susan Laverty, The Panda and Craig Kovic, Adam Sharp Karen Burry, Heather Morgan, Kelly Machia, Dean Norton, Bonnie Lynch, The Plant, Happy Oregon, Sabina Kurtzels, Nigel Davies, Marion Blum, Teresa Copel, Julian Watkins, Breed O'Connell, Channel Hirsch, Shannon Hirschman, Linda Ayat, Colm Hedegaard, Isa Wakani, Hainline, Aaron Greer, Alicia Davis... Heather O'Connor, Carolyn Jensen, Sherry Olakoski, of Plant Powered for Health, Karen Smith, Scott Marani, Karen and Joe Crabtree, Tanya Lewis, Kirby Burton, Teresa Carell, Kevin McCauley, Elizabeth Rothschild, and Jesse, Cheryl Dwyer, Jenny Hazleton, Valerie Peltier, Peter W. Evans, Colleen Harrison, Justine Divitt, Joshua Sommermeyer, Dennis Bird, Darmy Kelly, Laurie Fanny, Linane Lundquist, Valerie Humble, Emily Iaconelli, Levi Wallach, Rosamond McEntee, Dan McCorney, Stephen Lenin. Teddy DiMartino, Mike and Donna Carson, Deanne Bishop, Bill Brielf, Gunter Schmidt, Marjorie Lewis, Kelly Molden, Trisha Adams, Ian Kramer, Nancy Sheldon, Lindsay Gun Marie Hagen, Tracy Gullich, Laura Heaton, Meg for Mama Says, Rochelle Kennedy, Diana Goldman, Stacey Stokes, Ben Savage, Michael Kay, Holly Butler, Diana, David Hughes, Connie Rogers, Claire England, Sally Robertson, Parm Ganchi, Amy Daly, Brian Tourville, Mark Jeffrey Johnson, Josie Dempsey, Karen Schmidt. Pamela Hayden, Emily Perryman, Olga Sitarowska, Alison Corbett, Richard Stone, Lauren Vaught, Edible Musings, Erin Hasty, Sean Owens, Sagar Nayak, Erica Piedra, and Danielle Roberts for your generous support of the podcast. That's it for today. As always, be well, my friends.